was. But, um, but as I was gone, I began to pray. And, and there's a, a verse that kept on coming up in my mind and as my, in my prayer time. And, you know, when, when the Lord speaks to you and uh, has to say it over and over again to you, there's a couple of reasons why. Number one, you're not listening. How many guys have kids and have to do that to them, right? Well, we're just like our kids, aren't we? And so, um, so sometimes he has to say that over and over to us, and, and, uh, and so you need to listen. But the se- second reason is, is because it's important, right? And he wants you to get it. And so um, he kept on reminding me of a time when Jesus was in the synagogue. Remember his uh, mom and dad left him in the city for three days? How many of you guys ever left your kids somewhere? How many ever wanted to leave your kids? No, we're not going to go there. But anyway, um, Left, their kid, left Jesus as a young boy in the city and had to turn around and come back from home. It wasn't just a short drive. It was a, it was a couple, couple uh, it took a long time to get there anyway. And so, um, but Jesus, when they found him in the synagogue, he was, he was you know, teaching. They were all astonished by what he had said. And, but this, um, when his mom asked him where he had been, and he says, well, he kind of was confused. Why didn't, why didn't he look at her and said, you know, I'm, I, I need to be about my father's business. And so that phrase keeps on coming up to me in my spirit and every time I pray. And so as I was uh, throughout these last few weeks just been praying about that and asking the Lord, what do, what do you want? And, I, and I, I really feel like that the Lord is doing something in our church that he wants us to prepare for. And that to be about the Father's business. What is, what is the Father's business? We, well, Jesus is our example, right? What did Jesus come to do? To show everyone who the Father is. You know, the, to be an example of who the Father is. And so to really preach the gospel, see people saved, healed, delivered, set free, become fully the followers of Christ. That's our vision here. And, uh, and I believe that's happening. I believe God is just really working on people. We're seeing lives changed. But, um, but he started to bring me back and wanted me to do this three-week series on his presence. So I want to talk today about the presence of God. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit today. And I believe it's so important because this is what I, I believe and I've, I've seen happen. Is that um, a lot of times that we don't um, really engage the presence of God the way we should. And there's times where we feel like, man, I've, I've been saved. I've given my life to the Lord. But um, we don't feel like that there's more. You know, God is supposed to be experienced. Do you know that? You are supposed to experience God. It's not just about, oh, I gave my life to Jesus and that's it. There's actually more. That, yeah, you should feel the presence of God. You should be able to feel. How many guys would love to feel his love? Amen. Yeah, we all want that. So it's, it's, it's not just to stop there. You feel his love. You feel comfort. You feel power. We should feel His presence. And it should change us, not only us, but it should change everyone around us. And so the Lord began to start talking to me about how some, sometimes that we don't engage the Spirit of God where we are really seeing not only our life change, but other lives change. And in fact, we kind of stop at a place where that's all we go to. We only go to that one little place where, yeah, I'm a Christian, I, I go to church, and I serve, and, and I do some things, but there's no power in it. There's no encountering the Holy Spirit on 
regular, regular time. You know, we just celebrated Easter, the, the resurrection of Christ a few weeks ago. And at Easter time, um, after Easter, Jesus brought about the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's from 50 days from Easter is Pentecost Sunday, which will be June 4th. And where the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, was poured out on all of us. And uh, when Adam sinned, what happened to him? The presence of God left Adam. That's what made Adam die. When Jesus came back, he gave the ability for you and I to come back to the Lord and to have the presence of God with us again. So before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said this in Luke chapter 24, verse 48. He says, you are witness of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay. He was telling his disciples, stay in the city of Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. Till you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And so after that, Jesus ascended into heaven. But he wanted them to know, don't leave this place. Don't go anywhere else. It's so important that you are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. In Acts 1.8, we see why. It says, but when you shall receive power, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be my witnesses, my ambassadors, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth. And so reason is because there's power. There's, a, there's an experience, not just an experience that gives you goosebumps. There's a life-changing experience that happens when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And it's not something that is supposed to have been one time. It's a continual feeling, a continual empowerment, a continual change. Did you know that you and I should change daily? That we, not, not in our own strength, not in our own ability, but because of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and you, if you have given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been born again, that means that you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to see change happen. And that power is supposed to be so we can become His representatives. Another, another uh, uh, definition of that is a promoter of the things of God. Have you ever thought of yourself as a promoter of the things of God? That means that you promote God's stuff all throughout this world. And then in Acts chapter 2, we see when the Holy Spirit was poured out, that Peter preached the message. And in verse 14, he says this, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, addressed the crowd. And he says, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me say this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And this is what the Spirit of God does. He says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even your servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my Spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And see, the thing about what it is, is, is when God comes upon you, when His Spirit comes upon you, there is something that is going to be changed. You are going to experience something greater than you ever have before. And what's happening here in America, and I think the danger of what's happening here in America is we don't realize that. We don't engage the very Spirit of God. We think, oh, as long as I'm... We go back really into religion, don't we, as Christians. We think that if I can just be a good enough person, it's going to be okay. If I can love everybody. But you can't be good enough without the Holy Spirit. You can't even love people without the Holy Spirit. He empowers us 
for everything in our life. And unless we recognize that and engage Him and learn how to activate the Holy Spirit's presence in our life, we will never fulfill the, God, the plan of God that God has for us. And we as a church, as Cornerstone Church, we need to fulfill that. We need to go forward in that. And every time I, I look and I read about Jesus, He did everything in the presence of God. He did everything by the power, the ability of the Holy Spirit. Everything he did. You know, after he was uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit, baptized in water, and then the Holy Spirit came down him. He went into the wilderness, defeated temptation. And look what he said here. After all that, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, the thing about the Lord is after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, this was his mission, this was his passion. See, if you've ever lost passion in your life, and I have, if you ever have lost vision in your life, and I have, so I'm not just pointing at you, the reason it was because I didn't engage the very power that's in my life. I, basically, I didn't allow the presence of God that's inside of me to rule my life. And so what I want to do in the next three weeks, I want to talk about a number of different things of why we need this and how to activate it in our lives. Because I think God is moving us into something greater. Jesus knew. Jesus knew exactly how to do it because Everything he did was through the power of the presence of God. He never left the presence of God. He was always in the presence of God. He was always following the Holy Spirit. In, in Acts chapter 19, we see an example of this. Acts chapter 19, verse 2. And this is where I think we are at as, as the, the church in America. Is that here comes Paul. He comes about... To a group of, of people, about 12 of them, who had, uh, had been disciples. They've been saved. And he, and he asked them, have you not been filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no, we have not even yet even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so here you have these, these men and, and, and women. We have these all around America that, that are not engaging in the Holy Spirit, and they're wondering why this Christian walk doesn't work. Because there's something else. It's not just about bowing your, bowing your knee to Jesus. It's about allowing Him to fill you with His presence every single day. See, this can be dangerous, because what empowers us over sin is the Holy Spirit. What empowers us to live and to love the things of God and love the people in this earth is the Holy Spirit. What empowers us to forgive people is the Holy Spirit. If you're having a hard time forgiving somebody, it's because you're trying to do it on your own. And you can't do that. You can't forgive people. What empowers us to live that holy life is the Holy Spirit. What empowers us over bad thoughts is the Holy Spirit. What empowers us over wrong teaching that, that's wrong is the Holy Spirit. 
And we got to learn to build a relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit. So when we pray, when we worship, it begins and getting to His Word, it starts to activate something inside of us. And it's so important. You know, it's like these men in, in Acts chapter 19, they didn't have even heard about the Holy Spirit. And some people, and that's what, what a lot of us do, because a, a lot of times we don't teach on it. And some things that, that hinders us from engaging as the Holy Spirit is ignorance, because we just don't know. We're unaware. Or it could be fear that you're afraid that you're going to lose control. Listen, it's okay. That's what you need to do. That's actually a good thing. Lose control. Sometimes it's misunderstanding of Scripture. Sin will block you from receiving all that God has for you. And here's a fifth one. I don't think it's in your notes. But it's, it, and I think this is maybe some of the most prevalent in our society in our Christian community is that I'm unwilling to take a step to seek out for more. See, I don't want us to be there. Listen, there are things in your life that God has planted from the beginning of time for you to do and are still there in seed form because you haven't allowed the water of the Holy Spirit inside of you to allow it to grow up. And he wants it. And he's calling it out. He wants it to come out. So I want to challenge you. To step forward. To take that step. And seek out more. I don't know what I would do without the Holy Spirit. You know the stuff that I've gone through. I don't know what I could do without him being there. Without him. His comfort. Without his his the answers. How many guys have questions? We all have questions. But it's the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, that teaches us all things. It's only by the Holy Spirit that we get to learn. And some of us never move into that. And listen, you may be comfortable with where you're at, but God isn't. Because He sees so much more that you can have. You know, Moses was, he was very passionate about the presence of God. He said, God was going to leave. And he says, go with the people. I'm going to leave. He says, no, I'm not leaving this mountain unless you go with me. We have to be that passionate about the Spirit of God. And he wants to fill you. He says, Sean, why, why do we have to? I'm going to give you nine reasons why we need the Holy Spirit today. At the end, I'm going to lead you into some things. In the next few weeks, we're going to talk about more how to engage the Holy Spirit and what hinders us from the Holy Spirit. Number one, this is why we need His presence. Because we are weak in our faith. We are weak in our faith. You know, power to be, and that power to have boldness, to be a witness, is only comes by the Holy Spirit. And if we're going to be about the Father's business, we have to be filled continually. So Peter, before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, failed. Remember in the, in, in the trial of Jesus, he denied him three times. But after he's filled with the Holy Spirit, man, he got up there and said, hey, these people aren't drunk as you suppose. It's only, the, it's only 9 a.m. You're not supposed to get drunk till 4, I guess. But anyway, um, but, um, but he preached and 3,000 got saved. I mean, his... He, he went out through the gate beautiful and, and, and the guy who had been sitting there begging for alms because he was crippled 
says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to thee, and rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. Miracles were performed after he was filled with the Holy Spirit. We are weak in our faith without the Holy Spirit of God. You and I need the Holy Spirit of God. We need that in our life to do what God's called us to do, to not deny him, to be a witness for him, to be that example of who the Father is. The second reason we need the Holy Spirit and his presence, because guess what? This, this might become a shock to most of you, is that because you are not as smart as God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's you. You're enjoying that a little bit too much, aren't you? You and I are not as smart as God. You and I need that inward witness to, do, to know what is right and wrong. To be guided by the peace of God. I remember um, when I first got out of Bible college, I, I had everybody saying, Sean, you're going to be the, a great youth pastor. But the problem was I was 19 years old and not married and no pastor wanted to make me his youth pastor. And so I took the only position that was offered to me. It was up in Ironwood, Michigan at a small church. How many guys know where Ironwood, Michigan is? It's up in the UP, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. It's in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, um, it's like you're on Mars. Now I'm just joking if you're from there. Um, but it's beautiful, actually beautiful place. And, um, and so I was... Um, uh, going to go up there, but everyone around me, including my fiance Lisa at the time, she's my wife now, um, said, no, you shouldn't go. This is not of God. But I knew better than any of those people. How many of you guys have ever been young and knew it all? How many of you guys have ever been old and know it all? I mean, we're... <laughs> and so I go up, I go up, I fill my Dodge Colt full. That's all I had little hatchback, and drive up from Dallas, Texas to uh, Ironwood, Michigan. And so as soon as I crossed the border from Wisconsin over into Michigan, as soon as I crossed over, something happened inside of me. I felt, oh my, it's just like, I was something, I felt really alone. I felt really bad. Something was warring on the inside of me. And so um, as I uh, cross over to Ironwood, uh, uh, into Michigan, right, right across the border is a rest stop. And Ironwood's just right there. And so, but anyway, I, I stopped at that rest stop and I got outside and just sat on my hood. And I'm thinking, God, what have I done? You know, what my, my fiance said was, was right. She was right and I was wrong. But what the Holy Spirit was telling me all along was I was wrong. I wasn't supposed to go. And so listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit was so important to me. Because if I didn't listen to that, I would have probably been stuck up there and probably gotten hurt and shipwrecked. Because what happened was I got an, up enough courage the next few days to go talk to the pastor and said, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have taken this job. Even though I ended up staying for three months in the summer, just to help him find a youth pastor because I was committed. I'm so thankful that I left that place. And it was so funny. We're coming out, coming out in August of uh, 1990. I was coming out of Ironwood, Michigan and leaving. I was so thankful. It was in the evening. 
And I was just grateful that I was going because I knew I was going, getting back on track with the Lord and what His will was. And it started to snow. I knew then that was a confirmation I'm not supposed to be up here in Ironwood, Michigan in August, snowing. But anyway, we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes you don't listen, guys, to your wife, who sometimes are always right for some reason. Look at that. Someone say amen. And, uh, but we need the Holy Spirit. Because you and I aren't as smart as God. He knows the end from the beginning. Romans 8.14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. The early church, all through the early church, listened to the Holy Spirit. We need to listen. We need to engage in the Holy Spirit. That's why we need it. Number three, why we need the, the presence of God is because we are weak in times of crisis. In times of crisis, you're weak. Man, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit in some of the crisis times of my life, man, I don't know where I would have been. I don't know where I would have been. I would have, I would have, I probably would have left. I would have cursed God. I need the Holy Spirit. And it's not something that you have to learn when the crisis is happening. You start learning now how to engage the Holy Spirit, how to listen to the Holy Spirit, how to be empowered, and how to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to learn that now. Because listen, I'm going to tell you something you're going to have crisis. You're going to have trials. But when you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, I tell you what, something is, is going to happen in you where you can take joy in trials and in tribulation. Romans 8.26 says this, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. So when you're going through a trial, you're going, ah! That's actually the Holy Spirit. But anyway, um, 27. And He searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. Man, when you're going through something, the Holy Spirit kicks in. He is your helper, Jesus said. Have you ever allowed the Holy Spirit to help you? We need to allow Him. Because He's alive. You know that, right? He is in you. He is part of the Trinity of God. And allowing Him to lead you. Especially in times of crisis. Where you're not running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Not knowing where you're going to go. What you're going to do. And see, this is what happens a lot of times in crisis. We react instead of responding. You know what that means? That the first thing that comes to mind, that's what you do. And that is hardly ever the right thing to do. In fact, a lot of times in crisis, and I've seen this in people, is that when the first crisis comes, it's like this level right here, but because they reacted to it, they made it up here. They even did some things worse. Right? We need them in crisis. Number four, because Satan's power is real. There is a warfare going on. Now, Satan doesn't have any power unless you give him power. But he comes in and he tempts, he deceives you into thinking that what he says is right 
And so you give him permission. You actually give him power to work, work in your life. But when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you're engaging the Holy Spirit every day, that's not going to happen. Because you know, no, that's not right. That's not right. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly. They're spiritual. And you know when those thoughts come in or, or the feelings come in, you start, no, engaging the Holy Spirit. Number five, the reason we need the Holy Spirit and His presence is because our attitudes and our emotions fluctuate. How many of you guys have that? I mean, you can be happy one minute and sad the next. I mean, they go, you go up and down. I know I do that. I mean, I, this week, this week, I was, uh, in the morning, I was really happy. I mean, God just, I mean, I was seeing so many things. I was hearing so many things. And then one thought came to my mind. I started to get depressed. And I'm thinking, how did it change from night, from day to night? I mean, it was just crazy. And by the Holy Spirit, you gotta, he'll, he'll, he'll help you catch that. Because we, our emotions range throughout the day, up and down. God doesn't want you to live that way. That's not the life of God. He wants you to be stable and, and knowing Him and being strong in Him. And, and, but only by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And we need that. See, Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, faith, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I mean, it's something that you guys, you and I, have the fruit of the Spirit inside of us. And we need to engage that in our lives. So we can have his nature. We need that. So our, our emotions don't go up and down. Number six. The reason we need the Holy Spirit is because we cannot work miracles. Only he can. He's the one that gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they are needed. Not only in the body of Christ. But in throughout this world. The gift of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. I mean, how, how many of you, if you had a word of knowledge for somebody out there at the gas station who doesn't know the Lord, but the Lord tells you something, tell them that only they know. How many know that can change somebody's life? Or even in here. Maybe as you're sitting down right now, you have uh, someone over here has a word for somebody over there who don't, doesn't even know them. But you go at, after them after the service. You wait for them, please, to get out of the bathroom before you start talking to them. But you, you, you find them in the hallway. And what do you do? You give them that word. And that one word from God can change their life. Maybe you receive one. Those supernatural events can happen through the Holy Spirit. Number seven, why we need His presence, because we cannot change ourselves. You can work all day long in your own power and ability to try to change yourselves, and it won't happen. You'll get good maybe for a couple days. How many of you have ever been on diets, right? Good for a couple days, and that's it. Romans 8, 13 says this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Pretty plain and simple. No gray areas there, right? But if you live by the Spirit, but, but if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. 
living by the Spirit of God. You're being transformed, 2 Corinthians 3. You're being transformed from glory to glory to glory. The Holy Spirit is what changes you. Now, if in your life you're not changing in your life, then you're not engaging the Holy Spirit. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to move in your life, the presence of God. You should be changing every single day. Changing to what? To look like Jesus. To be like Jesus. Number eight. Why we need the Holy Spirit and His presence? Because we are in the last days. We need discernment. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, The Spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. So there's so many deceiving spirits today. I was uh, traveling somewhere in my truck, and um, I, don't, I don't usually uh, listen to the radio too much, especially Christian radio, sorry. Um, but I had a, a Christian station on. It was somewhere. It was not in this local area. And, uh, but I had the radio on, and it was, it was not too high. I wasn't listening to it. And so I was going down there, and, and something inside of me says, that's wrong. I'm thinking, what's wrong? So I turned, on, I turned it up and listened to it, and it was a guy preaching. And what he was preaching was completely wrong. It was just wrong. It wasn't right at all. I mean, the guy, I mean, it's just brutal, it, you know, taking Scripture out of context. And so, but the Holy Spirit told me that. And there's been times where I've been set, sitting with people and hanging out with people and they're saying something that says, no, that's not right. But it was ever so slightly different. I'm thinking, no, that's just not right. See, you and I need the Holy Spirit to discern what's right and wrong, especially in this day and age. I mean, if you listen to TV, you know, there's it's kind of funny. My wife and I were talking about this the other day. In the early 90s, when we got married, we, we, the one thing, without kids, we loved going to movies on our day off. And so we would go to movies. So I remember we, we went to this one movie back in the early 90s. And uh, we decided, man, we remember that movie. It was a great movie. We loved the movie. And so we decided to rent it and watch it with our kids. That was a mistake. Because when you started renting we, we never remembered all the junk that was in this movie. How many of you guys ever did that? I mean, we love Christmas Vacation. How many of you guys love Christmas Vacation? Except for on the DVD version. It's better that you recorded it on TV. Because I never knew how much cuss words that was in that. How many times I have to fast forward it all the time. Because why? Because... Back then, I didn't really realize, and I wasn't really learning from the Holy Spirit. I wasn't receiving that, what the Holy Spirit wanted to teach me. But now, I'm looking at things and said, no, that's just not right. You should be growing in that. Because there's so many deceiving spirits today. And just because you saw it on the internet doesn't make it right. Am I right? And number nine, last one. Because we need to connect with God. Let me tell you something. You cannot worship without the Holy Spirit. I love worship. I do. Every song that I listen to anymore is worship. Gone are the days of ACDC when I used to listen to it. 
because it just doesn't line up with the Word of God. Anyway, um, but um, I, I love worship. But here in America, I'm concerned. Can I just be honest with you? Worship has become more of a concert. Now, I don't think it's the worship leaders' things that, you know, the, the concerts that, you know, they're producing. Their whole heart is not to do that. Don't, so I'm not judging them at all. But I think as people in America, we've made it more of a show than of an encounter. Am I right? See, when you worship God, it's not by your ability. It's spirit and in truth. And the only way you really connect with God is through the Holy Spirit. It's always been um, a challenge with us here at Cornerstone to um, do we... Um, do we do just the three songs and out, or should we continue to do four or whatever? So, you know, we I've, we just instructed, you know, Kevin and the worship team just you know continue to do four songs. And uh, and have long we we have longer worship services here, and I, and I don't apologize for that, by the way. Um, because I want people to be engaged, and some will, and some won't. But one of the things I believe is the only way that we are going to see what God wants to do is when believers like you and I start encountering God in our worship times. Not just here at Cornerstone, but throughout the week. Because the Holy Spirit is the only one who can connect us with the Lord. He's the only one. And so as we begin to learn that in worship, our worship times, not only here, but in our private times, are going to, we're going to start encountering God in a greater way. We're going to start seeing things more than what we've ever seen before. We're going to see more revelation. We're going to see more passion. I love it when people come up here, at, be honest with you, right up here in, in worship. Man, I encourage you to do that. Get out of your comfort zone. When the prayer team comes up, just get out of the way. Or get on the prayer team. Get on the prayer team. Because God wants to do something. But when we in worship is through spirit and in truth, not watching, but in spirit and truth. It's by the Spirit of God who brings truth, revelation of who God is, and you realize, you are awesome! You begin to realize that, man, there's something greater, and I just want to get to you. I want to love on you. That's what you do. You love it. And it connects you. And you get something more than what you've ever have done before. And you get this revelation. And, and then the Spirit of God moves inside of you, and you just can't get enough of it. The Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit to have worship experiences like that. Worship experiences in the Word. 
where you're getting into the Bible and you just can't get enough of that. It's a part of worship and I desire that more than anything in my life. I want that milk of the Word. I want that meat of the Word. I want it all. I even want dessert. I'm, I'm getting hungry, sorry. But engaging in the Holy Spirit. We need that. There is more than just saying, yes, Lord, I make you the Lord of my life. That's just the start. What I'm asking you today is to take a step further. No matter what level you're at right now. You may be in here today and, and you, you don't even know what in the heck I'm talking about. You're just sitting there, and you're like me. Your stomach is growling right now, and you want a donut. You know, and um, maybe not a donut, maybe a steak. I'm sorry, that's just me. <laughs> you just don't know the Lord. You don't know Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. That's the first thing you need to do. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to give your life to Jesus. Because He wants to come into your life and totally change you. And you're sitting there, not only is your stomach growling, but there's something inside of you saying, I need something more. It's not just food. It's Jesus. And God wants to come into your life and bring forgiveness, bring hope, bring joy, bring, bring peace, but bring power for change. That's the first thing. Second thing you need to do is ask for more. So no matter where you're at, is God, I want more. I need more of you. And when you ask for more, the third thing is you pray, you read the word, you worship, and that's how you begin to activate the Holy Spirit in your life. That's how you begin to activate. And then if nothing else works, number four, you ask someone to lay hands on you. The Bible says to lay on hands is to stir up the gift of God inside of you. So have someone. Come up with our prayer team or just ask someone next to you. Who says, listen, I, I want more. I'm not feeling it. Can you help me? It's what the body of Christ is all about. And have someone lay hands on you and stir up the gift of God. I've, I've been there. I've done that. You know, back in 1983, I gave my life to the Lord. 1983, the same day I gave my life to the Lord, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And throughout this time and the last whatever how many years that is, I've had to ask Him. I've had to press in because it just doesn't come automatically. You draw near to God and then He will draw near to you. So I draw near. I ask. Then I get into His Word, and I read it, and I pray, and I engage the Holy Spirit, which we'll talk about more later on, on how to do that. And I worship Him. And then if I'm still hitting a wall, I find somebody who's further along than me, and I get in front of them, and I says, don't leave until you lay hands on me. Because I want more. Desire more. Let's get connected. To him. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Let's get connected right now with the Lord.